You're listening to the world famous Chick Whisperer podcast. And now, here's your host, Scott McKay. Here we are. This is the world famous Chick Whisper podcast. And guess what? We're up to episode number 69, dude. And I wish I had something really immature to say about that and something really appropriate to 69 and 69ing, uh, be it a noun or a verb to go along with it. But guess what? I have something even better than that. I have a real guest with real talk about something that I know you guys have a lot invested in mentally and is going to be on your minds. And that's how can I get better with women? quickly and how can i streamline the process so that it's not only tailored really well for me and what i need to get done but also gets me the results that i want not the results someone else wants from me etc cetera, etc cetera. i think you get my drift so without any further on this i want to introduce to you my co-host today you may know him already because he's got a pretty popular podcast in the same category as ours and he is Angel Donovan from Dating Skills Review and Dating Skills Academy. Angel, man, all the way from London, UK. How's it going, man? Very well, thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here, too. Hey, this is a really great topic. And you know what? You suggested this, and I was thrilled that you did, because this is not something that we've covered on this show ever before, but it's absolutely something that's going to be relevant to a lot of guys, because, man, it just takes a lot of guys years and years and years to get off a top dead center and even start meeting women, huh? It does. It does. You've seen as much as I have, I think, so... Maybe even more of that, of guys like going for years and years and years and, and frustration, and it's really unnecessary. You know what I've noticed, especially back in the PUA days, it seemed like with all the layers and everything that were forming, there were a lot of guys who either lacked confidence or they'd been fed such a line about how women will violently reject you. And there was the term hard rejection and right. the thoughts of women throwing martinis in their faces and calling them an idiot and stuff. And it just really horrified guys. And it was almost as if guys knew they wanted to do something about this whole idea of getting better with women, but they would never actually do anything. They would just meet in groups and talk about it and maybe study some more on it. And, you know, just so I can feel like I'm doing something and I'm at least moving forward instead of letting their life just become water flowing under the bridge. It seemed like, Hey, you know, at least I'm doing something, even if that something really doesn't involve a whole lot of direct action with women. Right. Absolutely. You, you reminded me of a, a little story. It was like when I first got into, I, I joined the London lair about the first yeah. six months of when I first came upon this stuff. And it's, this is back in uh, 2002. And like I joined the lair and I was taking reading advice from guys. So I, I, I went out, like I remember I went to Spain and uh, I met this girl at a wedding. We hooked up and everything. And I was asking guys for advice because I was completely new to all of this stuff. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> um, and, you know, they were giving me all this advice and stuff. And some of the guys who I took advice from and I, I took it from, I, I met them about two years later when I had my own company, I was teaching boot camps and everything. And um, these guys had never even gone out and done anything, you know, 
um, and they'd been giving me advice back then. I was like, well, wait a minute, weren't you those guys who were giving me advice like back then? And I haven't seen you out since then. Like, where have you been? And they're like, oh, you know, don't really go out, don't do anything, right? Um, so it's it's really surprising how how much that was happening back then. I think I was like one of the few people who were active in the whole of the London layer, and it was like a big city. It's like New York, right? You'd think that there was quite a few guys out. Um, but at that time, there wasn't actually that many. There was like five guys I knew who were going out and actually doing something. Yeah, but they're happy to live vicariously through you and your bravado when you're out there actually meeting women, right? <laughs> yeah, well, at least we, we gave them a fun time by writing our stories up on the layer, right? Yeah, and obviously when you start depending on the collective wisdom of some guys who may or may not be good with women, you're yeah. going to get the whole gamut of answers. Well, as soon as she takes her clothes off, laugh at her and tell her she's ugly because after all, you have to neg her. So make sure you do that. Yeah. And it's really, really bad advice like that tends to come out and – Man, it just becomes a jumble, doesn't it? Absolutely. I mean, I remember, I remember getting some terrible advice. And it, it, I thought I didn't understand at the time because I was getting very different pieces of advice. Um, but, you know, looking back, you can kind of understand what was going on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So nowadays, you've got Dating Skills Academy, which we're going to talk about more later. Um, what is the mission here? You want guys to be able to get better with women in the most streamlined and effective way possible, right? Yeah, that's always been my thing. I'm, I'm always into... Like I've been a management consultant and I, you know, I had to do this kind of like process engineering and stuff for efficiency in, in companies. And so I've always been like wanting to learn faster myself as well in my own life. Um, so I learned really quickly this stuff, which I assume you did as well. And, you know, but there's reasons for that because I go about it differently to other people at the time. So whereas I was getting results in, in like three months and I was dating multiple women and, you know, everything was like great. Um, like obviously for many guys, they just like kind of go around in circles or they don't go very far for a long time, uh, many, many years in some case. And I'm sure you've seen, uh, cause as we said, like many guys like that. So, you know, I've always been focused on the learning process cause I felt that was uh, something special about that. And, you know, both you and me, we've got our own businesses and that's a learning process in itself. Mm -hmm. So we get exposed to this in different areas of our life. And we realize that, you know, it's how you learn and how you get better at things that really kind of makes the difference, how you approach it. Right. So you see many entrepreneurs as well, like get frustrated for years and years and don't really get anywhere. And I think it's all coming down to the same kind of mechanisms. It's how you learn, how you approach learning. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm here looking at your picture on Skype. <laughs> majorly dressed down. And you just said you were a management consultant for years. Oh. And, you know, as these guys know already, I was in the business world for years also. I have to ask you this question. Go. How many times since you've just stuck the middle finger up at management consulting and done your own thing with this business, <laughs> how many times have you worn a tie? I knew you were going to say that. I thought you were going to say wear a suit. Um, yeah, either way. Yeah, either way. Um, dude, I think there was like twice. Yeah, and that, me and too. And it's their fault because they made us wear those damn things for so long, you know? I've worn a tux several times. I've worn a tux more times than I've worn a monkey suit. I'm thinking I can recall four times I've worn a suit in the last nine years. And one of those times I probably didn't have to. Yeah, and, it's, and yeah, it's amazing. It's a really. I mean, I just I just used to feel uptight in the suit because <laughs> you know that's what you you put into that damn thing. And I had I even had to wear certain colors. I was like in the consultancies, and I was working right. in France, and they were so strict in that country, like on top of everywhere else. So it was like you exactly. had to have a really dark gray or black suit. Um, or navy blue, right? Uh, they didn't have navy blue. Yeah, I, I understand Not that. Even a navy blue. Navy wow. blue in the U.S. works, right? Or has worked. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I had to be careful at Lucent too because I worked, you know, with the you know Fortune 50 company to a Fortune 10 customer, and I had to look dapper. It couldn't even be like a cheap suit. It had to be like you know you had to drop the bones and buy really serious suits, or they wouldn't even talk to you. 
Yeah. It was a pain in the ass. <laughs> They're all still hanging in my closet. What, what did you do when you quit, quit, man? Did you, <laughs> did you have a party? <laughs> I, w- I was so happy when I quit. Well, it was funny because, you know, this is a little off topic, but I think a lot of times people get the impression that when you fire the boss, so to speak, and go start your internet marketing job or your work from home and make $10,000 a day job or whatever, you know, that's much ballyhooed and all the forums on ESPN and everything. You know, everybody's just sick of seeing the spam about I make $10,000 a day from home and stuff. But for me, I think a lot of people think you just go in, tell off the boss and the next day, you know, turn on your laptop and make $10,000 a day. Out For us, it was more of a soft handoff. Like I knew that I wanted out of the IT world. I was just making someone else rich. It wasn't really what I wanted to do for a living. It wasn't my calling. It wasn't my life purpose. None of that, right? And so what I did was I started setting up X and Y communications behind the scenes on my own time. And once that hit critical mass to the point where, you know, if I was doing this full time, it would potentially replace my income. Mm. That's when I bowed out. And as it turns out, the company that I was working for was going to hell in a handbasket anyway. So that kind of lit a fire under my ass and had me and allowed me to speed up that mindset, which is actually relevant to what you were just saying. Even people who are entrepreneurs sometimes get a little fat and happy if things are going pretty well. Even if they don't have an empire yet, they're okay with that. I know I'm guilty of that. I run this business of mine sometimes like we're retired and, you know, because we do good content and have such great customers, it still goes great. But, you know, if you really want to keep up with the times, especially when you're dealing with things that involve the Internet, you've got to pay attention. You've got to invest the money and the time and the effort and find the people who are smarter than you to help build that business. And, um, yeah, if you just become complacent, that's never going to happen. Yeah. And you've got to really be motivated. Yeah. And like you say, that applies to dating and relationships as well. Sure. Exactly the same scenario. Yeah. You know, it's how badly do you want to meet a woman? I think a lot of times guys fear the process. They fear the unknown. They procrastinate and they say, well, you know, I'll get around to meeting women someday because the status quo isn't bad enough. In other words, they come home from work, they watch Netflix, they drink a couple of brews, watch the game on ESPN, wake up next day and do the same thing. And it's not really painful it's just kind of like boiling the frog over time. You know, next thing you know, you turn 30 and there's still no women in your life. Yeah. It's one of those things. And if you go out and you have to learn how to meet women, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be some things that take you out of your comfort familiarity zone right then and there on the spot. And it's just going to be brutal. It's rather like learning to surf. If you want to learn how to, you know, do tube rides and floaters and look like Kelly freaking Slater out there, you're going to have to take some brutal, brutal wipeouts and have your face rubbed in the sand by the immense force of the ocean a few times and swallow a bunch of seawater and all this kind of crazy stuff that I know doesn't sound wonderful at all. But you just have to go through that period of kind of walking through the fire and suffering a little to get to where you want to be. But see, I don't know if you agree with this or not, Angel. I'm suspecting you do, and I want you to comment on this. I think most guys dramatically overestimate the time, the pain, and the effort involved with what it takes to actually start seeing results and getting the women in your life. And the ROI is just so amazing, isn't it? Yeah, it's life transformative. You don't want to live... Like, I think... Basically, guys aren't scared enough of like what you were just saying, like being 60 years old and looking back 
and seeing that you didn't live the life you could have and you weren't with the women you could have been and you didn't have the great, you know, relationship experiences. And, you know, I have to say, like, some guys, they can be, like, pretty old and in their, in their 50s or so on, and they have no experience. They, they really don't even know what's out there because they've experienced so little about women and relationships. Um, and for that reason, I don't think they even value it as, as much as it's worth, you know? Like, it's, it's just simply amazing to have, like, a, a string of girlfriends in like with different characters, different personalities, you learn so much about yourself and, and about life. It's been transformative for me, you know, in terms of who I am and what I value in life and how I feel about my life. So, you know, I, I think it's a shame that people aren't more scared of that. And, you know, one trick is just to pretend you're 50 years old, like think about your life like that. Where, you know, well, how am I going to think about today if I'm, if I'm 50 years old? That's always the kind of mindset I had. I was always scared to hell of dying. You know, and um, I think that's what's always kept me like working hard is just the fact that, you know, I'd be scared of dying without having done everything that I wanted to do and having experienced everything I wanted to do. So you've got to kind of have be, I don't know, if it's uptight in that way, um, but take your life really seriously. Well, at the very least, you can't be laissez-faire about it. You can't just allow yourself to wake up today and do the same thing you did yesterday and block out everything from your mind. You've got to be present and you've got to actually figure this out that, hey, look. Having women in my life, having the great woman in my life is going to be amazing. But, you know, you have this whole movement nowadays that I'm sure a lot of guys are familiar with. You may be too about men going their own way, which is basically screw women. I don't need a woman in my life. And weirdly, it's usually in response to feminists going, we don't need a man in our life. And, you know, these videos on YouTube that I talk about all the time where women are saying, hey, look, if you even approach me on the street, you're basically a rapist. Guys are going, well, then forget it. You know, if these women don't even want me, I'm going to find something better to do than, well, frankly, some chick. I'm going to go travel and ride my motorcycle and hang out with the dudes and basically howl with the wolves. And these women can just go, you know, buy a vibrator or something. Heck with them. And I think that's really, really sad. And the reason why I think it's so sad is because it's a reaction instead of a proaction. And we as men, as I famously like to say, should be leading. And if we're meeting bitter women who hate men, our response to them shouldn't be bitterness in return. It should be avoiding those women, expecting to meet women who are sweet and kind and adorable. And yes, they are out there. They're everywhere. And lead with the attitude that's going to bring out the playfulness and the kindness and attract those women to us instead of just you know, playing badminton with a bunch of bitter women. It's not getting men anywhere. And I think in many ways, probably the easiest way that's staring us all in the face to get better with women right now is to take a look in the mirror and go, how do I feel about getting better with women? Am I thinking, well, this is all just a waste of freaking time anyway, because they're all bitches and whores and sluts who will cuckold you and take your credit card and max it out, then laugh at you and call you names in public and all these crazy things that guys think every woman's going to do to them. That's so bad. They're expecting this to happen because they're feeding the disease of wimping out. They're feeding the disease of, okay, look, my status quo is really better than anything that's going to happen. Even if I try to meet women, but you and I both know angel that the great women are out there and it's better to have a great woman in your life or several than it is to be alone drinking beer, watching ESPN. I mean, there's a time and place for the latter, but it's at least wonderful to know you have the choice to meet women if you so choose. Absolutely. You know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you noticed this. Uh, this is something I've been seeing with the guys we've been coaching is that people are overwhelmed and tired with their lives. 
you know, yeah. uh, they're working too hard, they're overstressed. And for instance, they'll take the first coaching call with us and like, we'll nail out a plan for them. Um, and then a lot of the guys have really, really struggled doing anything with that plan, even though it's like basically like mapped out a few simple actions, very simple things to do every day. But they won't even take that action. And I feel like it's one, it comes down to biological things. You know, if your diet's not good, if you're not sleeping right, if you're stressed at work, I feel like all of their willpower is sapped and they don't have any left over to start changing this aspect of their life because they're kind of just struggling to keep everything together with the rest of their life and with the decisions they have to make. And, you know, it just it's just too much to start adding something else. And I feel like they feel overwhelmed. They want to do something about it. And even when they take action, then it's this other thing. So, you know, some of the interesting things we've been looking at uh, recently is basically telling them, look, you've got a biological problem because of the situation you're in. You're not sleeping enough, right? And some of them are like sleeping four hours. And then like if you take a look at your diet, man, it's not good either. So you don't have great energy, right? Um, and then you're overstressed at work. You maybe need to look at that as well. And so I feel like all of these things just which are taking place pretty commonplace today. Um, and, you know, I don't know if it's the economy or if it's just like the way we're evolving, um, but it seems to be going more and more that way, even more stressful than when I was when you and me were in, in the corporate world. Um, but it just seems like, you know, there's all this pressure to be doing well in their careers and they got so much going on that they're not able to handle that and this at the same time. I don't know if you've seen that uh, with the guys you've been coaching as well. They don't kind of have the willpower. We call it willpower. Um, you know, if you look at the science, like people can only make a certain number of decisions per day and they need the willpower to do that. Um, so if you overload them with too many decisions, whether it be when stresses, they just won't make decisions. They'll make non-decisions and they just won't take that decision to actually do something today. Yeah. Not only do I agree with everything you just said, I also see it as a major source of the problem of men being sapped of their masculine power, which in turn leads to an utter lack of confidence. And none of that's any good for attracting women. Absolutely, man. Yeah. It goes to the point where we ask guys to get their testosterone uh, measured and every single like about 80% of guys get their testosterone tested and they all come back in the 200 to 400 zone. So if you know that, like that's not good at all. You should be in like, ideally you should be in 800 to 1000 zone, uh, 600, 700, you're doing okay. Um, but no one has yet come back at those levels. So, you know, it's, as you say, it's like stress, this kind of work environment that's changing that right from our natural levels to non-masculine levels, basically. Well, one thing that is a revelation to me lately is just start doing things that guys do. Mm. Make decisions. Take a chance and act with courage in a way that you might have just shied away from before, even if it's just a small way of being courageous. And have a plan. Try something different. Go out and do something that makes you feel alive. Get out and go hiking instead of sitting inside watching TV. It's all the stale air inside instead of going out and living. You know, if it's time to trade in your car, damn it, go buy a Jeep or a pickup truck instead of another Toyota Camry just because you say, oh, I'm not a car guy. You know, I have someone I know just recently, just this past week, and he decided he has a girlfriend now, which I'm thrilled for him about, and he's got himself a Nissan Altima four-door. And he's this young, single guy. It's like, what are you doing with a Nissan Altima four-door? I mean, I'm 48 years old and I'm too young for that car. He goes, well, you know, it's good on gas. So he decided <laughs> to take his new girlfriend out to a national park. I mean, think like Wally Coyote Land and literally coyotes and roadrunners and big cliffs and blue big sky and cacti and everything. 
And he gets out there, and he's got his Altima, and he takes it down this dusty trail, and of course he gets his brakes to hang up, and stuff's all bouncing underneath the car, and he gets high-centered a couple times. He comes back, and he calls me. He goes, man, you were right. I should have gotten a truck. I said, well, sure. He goes, yeah, but the thing is, you know, I've only needed the truck this one time. I go, well, hopefully it's the first of many. I mean, wasn't it fun to get out there and breathe some oxygen with your girl and chase roadrunners around? Well, yeah, it was a blast. And let me ask you the golden million-dollar question. He's like, well, what's that? Was she just a little more attracted to you and a little hotter for you towards the end of the weekend than the beginning? Oh, come to think of it, yeah. I was like, "Mm mm-hmm. There you go. You see, just going out and doing what guys do, going out and being an adventurer instead of a passive bystander who watches it all on TV makes all the difference in the world. Just doing something male and making male decisions, acting like a guy. And, you know, Angel, I tell guys this all the time. We've been fed such a line that masculinity is bad and men are aggressors and killers and war starters. And yet everything masculine is rooted in virtue, you know, courage. Compassion, I believe, is actually masculine because compassion is the art of feeling what someone else is going to feel that's negative and wanting to fix it. And that protection and that provision that we are naturally drawn towards giving as men really comes out when we want to be a hero, when we see someone who we want to save. And that's what being a guy is all about. Even if we just start doing some of those things, you know, we're going to feel more masculine and that's going to improve and turn our confidence in attracting women because women will naturally start responding in a more feminine way to masculine men anyway. It's all so interrelated and it all starts with us and our leadership. Absolutely, man. And uh, you know, the point on a basically adventuring, exploring, that's just key. Like getting out there into nature, you know, you're putting that stuff out there too. That's great. We just don't do enough, right? We just don't get out there. We're, like TV is a killer, I swear. Like a lot of the guys we talk to, um, like, you know, I'll, I'll ask them all about their lifestyle, what they're up to, what they spend their time doing. Um, and they're not even being very social, of course. Um, they're watching a lot of TV. I don't know about you, I gave up TV when I was about 17. And I never went back. I'm not saying I don't watch cool series like Green Arrow and, uh, <laughs> and Gotham and, and shit like that because I download those and I watch them. But that's about all I do. And it's just for fun. All the other stuff, I, I really think, you know, just sitting in front of the TV, being passive, um, I'm pretty sure that has a negative impact on your testosterone. You may not feel like it, but, you know, those kind of behaviors uh, definitely don't help. It's getting out there that does. Yeah, I actually had a guy come to me recently for help with his online dating profile. And there's a section on Match.com that has favorite things. Yeah. They were all TV shows. Hmm. Every one of his favorite things is like Game of Thrones, House of Cards, you know, all, all TV shows. I'm online dating at the moment. And uh, a girl with a whole bunch of TV shows, that's a huge red flag, <laughs> you know, on her profile. Sure. So it works both well, ways. Either that or she's begging for some guy to come show her what excitement's all about. It's a great opportunity to lead. But I mean, if you're a guy, it's the kiss of death. Women are like, ew, I could watch Netflix by myself. I don't need some guy to show me how to watch Netflix. Now, I mean, who's going to knock the occasional sitting around with her snuggled up with you watching a movie at night with some popcorn? Yeah, but if you get to where you're doing that on the second date and every date after that, you're falling into a rut. You're not leading and that relationship's going to go stale anyway. I have to admit. I gave up TV for a long period of my life. But nowadays, you know, I love what I do with my job so much. And Emily and I do a lot of traveling and we're out of the house a lot anyway. 
when we're home, Emily has to drag me away from my work and get me to watch something brain dead on TV <laughs> or else my head will explode. So I'm actually watching more TV than I have in the past, but I favor travel shows and, uh, mm. and you know, things like that. I very rarely just sit around and watch brain dead sitcoms. I can't handle it. I have a physical pain watching brain dead TV. That's doing nothing to help me in any way. To enrich you? No, if it's not enriching me at all, then I have, you know, I have no tolerance for it. I'm a huge sports fan, and I have my teams. And when my teams are on, I watch. Them. I, got, I got to say something. Is there any American that is not a huge sports fan? <laughs> oh, I can't believe how many guys aren't sports guys, aren't car guys. Like in comparison to the UK, like uh, where you know people are pretty sports orientated, but n- like sure. in the US, it's just huge. I mean, everyone you talk to, it's like, who's your favorite team? But you know. All of this oh, stuff. I think you'd be shocked. I think you'd be shocked by how few guys are actually into sports nowadays compared to the way it used to be. Baseball, I don't know anybody who cares about baseball anymore. It's all NFL, and the NFL season's you know, relatively short, and a lot of NBA, and rightly so, because the NBA is just incredibly exciting. Those guys are just amazing athletes. But, you know, hockey canceled a season about 10 years ago and i'm not sure they ever really recovered from it i mean i may be proven dead wrong guys will probably write me but i never watched a hockey game personally after that i mean they canceled the whole season no stanley cup nothing and i'm like well hell if these guys can cancel the season and nobody cared then you know so be it um motorsports some guys are really into nascar and the thing is the people who are into this stuff are really, really into it. I mean, here in San Antonio, we have one team locally, which is the San Antonio Spurs, and they're the current NBA world champions. It's not really the world championship. That's just Americans like to call their winner the world champion, much to the chagrin of the rest of the world, I'm sure. But they're the current NBA champions, and they've been champions five times since 1999, and we love our team. And plus, they're really easy to root for because they're usually good guys, and they play just a really spectacular brand of basketball. So being in San Antonio, I'm a bigger fan of my NBA team than I perhaps would be if I lived in a town where they were perennially terrible. But ultimately, I find it relaxing to watch my Spurs. I find it a nice testosterone release to root for them and to – throw things when they lose you know like the other night there was just a horrible game where we lost to the cleveland cavaliers in overtime and we just should have won the game you know there's a lot of shoulda couldas <laughs> in that sport but this is serious business we should have won that game and i was in terlingua texas which is a little tiny town next to big bend national park and i was watching the spurs with a guy who was probably 75 years old and had a white beard you know and a dirty hat on and I ended up buying him a beer and getting to know this old timer. And we're talking about, you know, ball movement and should this guy have gotten a flagrant foul. And the guy was a great basketball fan. He has nothing in common with me, but it's just here we were in this little bar in Terlingua, Texas, watching the Spurs play the Cavaliers and, and enjoying that together. And I mean, guys don't even make friends with other dudes anymore. We don't even hang out with other guys. I saw some appalling statistic that said the average man has zero close male friends on average. <laughs> I mean, I, that means none of us have really any close friends. And maybe Facebook is to blame. Maybe transit relocation is to blame. But, mm. you know, people in our lives in general are expendable. And men just don't feel the need to even hang out with other guys anymore. It's just become really easy to stay at home, watch porn to replace women watch TV to replace having hobbies that you'd hang out with dudes for. And I'm just not sure 
this postmodern world of ours is really helping guys be real social, let alone be real attractive to women. It's all one big swirling vortex, isn't it? You can be respectful to women. You can be a man with a purpose. Like I said, you can have this all tied to virtue. But by God, you can't sit around and just become a neuter lump and watch TV and eat Cheetos and expect anything related to feeling good about being a man in that context. Now it's all video games. Now it's all electronics. And sure, dudes love that sort of thing. But man, when it becomes all you're about, there's something wrong there. And women just aren't attracted to it. Meanwhile, the same guys will be like, oh, women just aren't feminine anymore. Well, listen, those women aren't getting any dates. All these frumpy women who act butchy or whatever, they're having as hard a time attracting men, if not a harder time, than you are attracting women if you're neuter. Two earthworms aren't going to sexually attract each other. You want feminine women. The feminine women out there are the ones who are desirable. They're the women you think have all the power because they do, because they're attractive. If you want to have the kind of power that women have over men, the women you're attracted to, become an attractive man, become masculine. This is the core of what we talk about. And yet guys are always like, yeah, I don't know. Because it comes back around to either laziness or fear, complacency, whatever you want to call it. But we've got to get in touch with the fact that the ROI is worth it. I mean, feminine women are great. And when women adore you and you're a man who respects women and you're attracting the women you deserve finally, you're going to be thrilled. It's going to be like someone lifted the veil. You're going to be like, man, shoot, this is wonderful. Every time I hear from guys who are like, Marriage is this crazy meme invented to keep men poor and in debt and steal our money and make us raise children who aren't even ours. I mean, I had a guy on my blog who assumes, who assumes every time a woman tells you that she's pregnant, it's somebody else's baby and you're going to have to raise it for 18 years. I'm like, that's preposterous. I can look at my little three-year-old daughter, my 15-year-old daughter, and my seven-year-old kid, and I can tell they're mine. And just in case there's any shadow of a doubt, as soon as my seven-year-old son starts doing anything, I have to laugh because he's just a little chip off the old block. I mean, even when he gets in trouble, he gets in trouble the same way I used to get in trouble. These kids are mine. My wife's not going around screwing other guys and trying to get me to pay the bill. I mean, where do we come up with such advanced schemes that all these women would be happily doing to us? Look, there's golden-hearted people. There's black-hearted people. They come in male and female varieties. If you expect as a male leader that you're going to get nothing but women who are going to ruin your life, guess what? They're the women who will follow that leadership. They'll come to you in droves. The day I'd stopped dating crazy women after my divorce from a crazy woman was the day the light bulb went on and I said, wait a minute, it's got to be a fact that all women aren't crazy. My mother, my sister, my sister-in-law, my aunts, none of these chicks are crazy. So all women can't be crazy. And from there, I don't think I dated another crazy chick. My wife is so level-headed, she doesn't even PMS. And the four or five girlfriends I had who I really, really enjoyed the most before her were the same way. They don't even PMS. And in eight years of marriage, and I know this really pisses off guys who aren't doing well with women to hear me say this, but in eight years of marriage and nine years of knowing this woman, she's never done anything, not one thing to make me doubt her integrity. Or to make me say I made a mistake in marrying her. She's just sweet, wonderful, and does things for me and is a giver 24-7 and inspires me to be a great man. I mean, this is nine years running. 
There has never been anything. Do we have tiffs? Do we have disagreements? Yes, because we're human and we trust each other, even in that context. But we don't go around calling each other names. We don't go around expecting the worst of each other. I expect she's going to be a high-quality human being every moment of her life. She expects the same of me. We hold each other to that standard without even having to really try too hard. Guys, women are wonderful. How about leading in a way that will bring those wonderful women to you? We're talking about easy ways to progress. We're talking about easy ways to get better with women. A lot of what we're talking about might sound esoteric to some of these guys, Angel, but I tell you what, deciding to go out and do guy things, taking care of your health, sleeping right, doing things that build your confidence, getting out of the house, the act of stopping watching it all on TV and getting out and doing something, starting to believe maybe women are not all these monsters that we've been led to believe they are, not taking bad advice from people who don't even know what they're doing and aren't succeeding themselves. All of these things may seem like little pebbles we're throwing at a mountain. But when you start stacking up all those pebbles, you indeed get a pretty big pile of things that's going to make a huge impact on you getting better with women. I know I went on a little bit of a rant there. I can't help myself. (laughs) Tell me more of the ideas you have as far as how guys can get better with women faster and more efficiently. Okay, so this is great. So the the willpower thing is actually like not something guys like to think about, but it's one of the big things like that's getting in their way. So you know we we call it bulletproof willpower, like because there's many ways you can tweak your willpower and save your willpower energy. Um, like we're talking about sleep, um, we're talking about other things, but just in a way you go about your decisions, which can leave more of that willpower open to you to use in areas to improve your life, like dating. Um, so you can kind of like invest it instead of having it like expensed and just used up by all the stuff that's going on in your life. You know, so that's one of the things we emphasize in in our course. And honestly, like right now, like when I started the academy, which was my first try at like putting this online after, you know, I used to do it coaching, but like trying to put it online and systematize it and everything like that. We have another part called the Accelerated Learning System, which is basically just tricks on how to learn fast. It's like what to focus on. So you've probably teach this kind of stuff. It's like only learn one thing at a time because otherwise you get overwhelmed, right? So don't try and you know execute one of these really complex products or systems. Um, I'm not dissing anyone, but like you know, mystery method isn't for everyone. So your guys on the on the podcast have probably heard of mystery method before. It's a super complex approach to trying to improve your uh, dating life. And it just has so many moving parts that for any beginner, pretty much, it's going to overwhelm you with all of these like ideas in your head. And then when you go out and you try to do anything, like approach a girl, talk to a girl or whatever, you just have so many little components running around in your head. It actually just stops you from doing anything. The key thing there is just like really, really simple, basic um, advice just focus on doing one thing at a time. We find that makes, you know, uh, huge changes happen where guys will have been trying to do all sorts of these things. I mean, you may have seen this as well, but like a lot of the guys um, we get, they've actually, you know, probably consumed 20 products or even more over the last few years. And they haven't gone anywhere with those. They, most of the time they haven't done anything with them because of this question of it's just like too complex for them. Um, it's too many things going on in their head. Um, so it doesn't help them at all in the end. And and the other thing is just like information addiction, right? So like in terms of the internet now, we all are basically media consumers. If you're, you know, using Facebook a lot, if you're going around news sites, if you're reading, even if they're sports news sites and you're checking those a lot during the day, 
we've basically been trained to consume information and people tend to do that with dating as well a bit too much and so you'll know those guys who are just basically not putting anything into action but just kind of want to consume more more read another blog post listen to another podcast right keyboard jockeys like we were talking about before exactly and it just doesn't help talk into action you just got to focus on the first thing and you know you've been talking about that a lot it's like just taking getting motivated to start doing that one thing uh, no matter what it is and then after that just doing the next thing that comes along and it's one problem at a time you have to really identify what is standing in your way right now what's the first thing you have to do and you know for a lot of guys it's just like i'm not even meeting women i'm not talking to women so that's the obvious before you even like want to learn all that attraction stuff and you know all of the cool relationship stuff you know you've really just got to learn to meet more people in general and meet more women so you know it's it's really simple things when it comes down to it It doesn't have to be complicated at all and i think that kind of fits with the way you look at the world as well scott yeah, absolutely. I mean, in terms of meeting women, guys will come to me all the time and say, I can't get any women to go out with me. And they're not even talking to women. They're not even asking any women out. They don't know for sure whether these women will go out with them or not. They're making this assumption based on fear or, you know, I'm going to bother them or they're not going to like me or they're going to hard reject me and stuff like that. And what I tell those guys is, look, stop fearing the outcome. Stop making this a contest. It's not a contest. It's just a conversation. You can go talk to women all day long. You can talk to dudes all day long if you have a reason to interface with them. And they're not going to be mean to you or reject you. And even if they do, you're going to go, well, that's that guy's problem. It's no different because a woman happens to be physically attractive. If you are reasonable to her and start a conversation with her, she'll have a reasonable conversation with you back. Now you've got the ball rolling, which is what most guys fear the most. But because they're not outcome dependent... Now they can start opening their eyes and going, hey, is this going well? Is she smiling? Does she not want me to leave? Is she acting female, which I've said before is a, a wonderful indicator that she's attracted because you know masculinity and femininity are attraction indicators. They're what sexual attraction is composed of. So then you just see how things are going on. Then if you decide to get her number or continue the conversation, so be it. But getting the ball rolling with women is a wonderful first step. Even if you're just talking to women who aren't even attractive to you just yet. And I do this when I take guys out in field. If they're really, really struggling, I'm going to just tell it like it is. We go talk to ugly women. Just to talk to women. Just to get warmed up. Just to get the words flowing. Just to get into the rhythm of meeting people and talking to them and seeing how they're doing. And then it's usually about an hour, maybe, we're ready to start talking to some sexier women, some hotter women, and the pattern is the same. The pattern of the interaction is the same. Some women are going to be shy. Some women are going to be more taciturn. Some of them are going to be giggly and bubbly. Some of them are going to, once you get them talking, they just don't stop. Some of them are happy. Some of them are a little bit more not so happy or whatever you want to call it. But it has nothing to do with their physical attractiveness. The pattern of talking to these women flows regardless and like you're saying that was one step one step and it can be so transformational like you said let me ask you this are there a handful of first steps that most guys should take like in other words if you have a hundred guys come to you angel 80 out of those hundred you'll probably recommend the same three or four steps to start off yeah yeah talk to me about that 
The first thing is like you've been talking about this, right? Like guys don't have a social life. Now, like a lot of us have office jobs, we have IT jobs. So actually, it's a lot of programmers who tend to have this issue because they're spending so much time in front of the computer. Um, you're just yeah. not being social in your life. And your brain needs training. <laughs> Whatever you do every day is how you are going to be, right? So guys will say, well, that's not my personality to talk to people. Well, it's not because you just haven't trained it that way. You can be any way you want. I used to be like a lot more introvert and, and, and everything. But, you know, that changes just because you, you talk and then it grooves new, uh, new pathways in, in your brain, right? And then you just become someone else. So the first thing is just to add social activities to your life. You know, it doesn't matter what it is, but normally it's good if it's just some kind of interest you have. I don't really care what it is, but you can, there's normally a social element to that. You can join a club, a competition, whatever it is, like there's various ways to make it social and something you do at least once a week. So that's really the first thing because that's just going to start getting you to be more social and that will naturally take your anxiety and build your confidence and so on. And it's always better if it's obviously a social activity where there happen to be women as well, you know, at least in equal proportions. Um, so that's helping you there. You're actually starting to talk to women there. So that's like the first basic thing. Uh, then for guys that, you know, really have a lot of problems still talking with women, we get them to start with online dating just because it gets them to start practicing talking skills, conversation skills, basically in a very easy environment where they can just learn a few basic things and start talking to women and get relaxed with that. Once they're getting on dates and their meets, then you could maybe like go out and like start meeting women in the real world. It really depends on, you know, where they're starting. I think you probably know as well, like it really depends on what stage of experience guys are. So, you know, a lot of guys we get sometimes they haven't had any experience or they've only had one girlfriend in their life or something like that. So you'll start them off at a lower level. And I think one of the things that gets in the way of some guys is that they have an ego about that, right? They don't want to. And I was gonna when you were talking about earlier, I was thinking about this. There's like this negative social pressure to like, of course, trying to get good at this. And I don't think a lot of guys want to put their egos on the line. It's not even that they're gonna get rejected by girls. It's just that they don't want to accept that they have to start taking these baby steps but really you don't have to do it for long you just do it for a few months and it'll change your life we've got guys who never had sex before and um you know within a few months you know they're, they're seeing a couple of girls and stuff and it's just because they're focused on the basics right so they started talking to some girls on online dating getting comfortable with that went on a few dates just focused on what was going wrong. Oh, now I have a problem with physical escalation. Well, that's the only thing you have to work on now. You have to get comfortable being physical. A lot of guys get confused about what they should be focusing on. And I think a lot of it is about the shiny magic thing as well. Like they've seen something cool that looks cool. It's often not the cool things. It's the very basic things which are going to make a difference for you. That was my little run there. <laughs> Very good. A good one. Uh, you said lots of great things there. I particularly resonate with what you said about online dating. Guys can take their time to craft the email without having to say something on the spot to a real live woman standing before them. Rejection means she just didn't answer your email. I mean, it's nothing really to fear. And when she starts interacting with you, you can feel good about that. And because there are so many women to choose from and you know who's single, you know they're all available, then you don't have to feel like you're risking bothering this woman by contacting her. I mean, hell, she's there because she wants you to contact her. That's why she's there. And because it takes so little time and there are so many women in front of you, you can start racking up results pretty good. And the next thing you know, you've gone on three or four successful coffee dates with women who were pretty cute. They all want to go out with you. And the next thing you know, it's like, well, hey, these three women all approve of me. They all like me. They all think I'm reasonably attractive enough that they're willing to go on another date with me. Hey, 
maybe women actually like me in general instead of not liking me in general. That's when all of a sudden your confidence goes through the roof and you naturally start talking to women in the quote unquote real world because you don't fear the rejection. You've already got three or four women to go out on a date with. What can this woman say that's going to knock you off your stride? And so lo and behold, you have the confidence. The confidence works in your favor. Women who follow your lead and go out with you do so largely because your leadership said, hey, I'm worth going out with. I'm confident enough to talk to you boldly. And next thing you know, you've got more women who will go out with you who you can call and you know spend some time with or even more. Then you go, wait a minute, I've got enough women in my life. This bucket is now full. And then you don't worry as much about the whole concept of succeeding with women. And then you move on to something else, which is, okay, how can I really thrill the women I'm with? How can I be better in the bedroom? How can I just be the most amazing man I can possibly be to raise the bar and get even better women? But see, that initial fear, you look back, just like you said so eloquently, Angel, a couple of years or just a couple of months or even weeks ago, you were thinking, my gosh, I can't even talk to a woman. And then the next thing you know, that's all in the rearview mirror. You're already on to the next task. And that's what I love about this. I'll tell you guys, I was an incredible consumer of ideas associated with getting better with women before I met Emily and married her. And now that I've been immersed in working with you guys for the past eight or nine years, I'll tell you what, if I were ever single again, God forbid, I would probably just be unstoppable. I mean, even when I'm out in field with guys as a married guy, they see it. And that's because I'm always learning. Every day I'm becoming better with women. Every day I'm figuring out how to charm women in my daily life more. I'm figuring out how to be a better man for my wife, a better father for my daughters and my son. And I'll tell you, the benefits that being immersed in this on behalf of you guys has had on my own life personally is immeasurable. So brilliant, brilliant stuff. Guys, I want to tell you, Angel's got a really great site. If you've never seen it before, it's kind of a one of a kind. It's called Dating Skills Review. And there you can find reports on just about any way of learning about getting better with women from any source you can imagine. I know my programs and books are all up there, which I appreciate. And you can read reports from other guys and actually rate books and rate programs that you've been a consumer of. It's kind of almost like the trip advisor of dating advice for men. It's called datingskillsreview.com. And uh, Angel's also been telling you about Dating Skills Academy. And that is an incredibly well-run deal. And I know Angel is all about excellence And if what he's been saying to you today has been resonating at all, I would highly recommend you go take a look at that. And you can find a link to that at www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash angel, A-N-G-E-L for Angel Donovan. Once again, that's www.thechickwhisperer.com front slash angel. And gentlemen, look, if you're not on my newsletter list yet, you may be the last guy who listens to this podcast who isn't. So I want to change that for you. Go ahead and go to www.thechickwhisperer.com. I will send you a free special report that will blow your mind. And uh, get on the mailing list, and I'll send you free, real content on a daily basis that will help you be a better man, get the women you want in your life, and be a better lover for those women. All of that's there for you at www.thechickwhisperer.com. It's perfectly free. It's my gift to you. Take advantage of it. So, uh, yeah, man, I want to thank my guest, my co-host today, Angel, for being here. Angel, man, great stuff. Thanks. So good to talk to you again, Scott. 
Yeah, and uh, we'll definitely collaborate on some more stuff in the future. And until I talk to you guys again real soon, this is Scott McKay from XMY Communications. Be good out there. The Chick Whisperer Podcast is copyright 2009 by XMY Communications. All rights reserved worldwide. Be sure to sign up for the XMY Communications newsletter at www.thechickwhisperer.com. This is Ed Roy Oden speaking for the Chick Whisperer Podcast.